Welcome to So You Want to Talk About, a podcast where we have critical conversations in an intimate way. We're your hosts, Julie and Cambry. Hey. Hey. How's it going? It's a beautiful day out. How are you feeling in those maternity clothes? Loose. (laughs) Comfy. That's good to know. (laughs) All right. Back on the mic, season three. So you want to talk about? Capitalism. The worst kind of isms. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't talked about racism yet, so. It's a big, that's a four-hour episode. (laughs) It's a documentary. So, as always, we try to start with a working definition before we dive into everything so we're all on the same page. So, capitalism is defined as an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for Profit. For profit. Trying to make some money off of us, huh? Right. <laughs> and it's economic and political. Yeah. And we'll get we'll get into to what that means. But I'm mad about it like. now. <laughs> but you know, just like everything, it's very well marketed to us. Yeah, sadly. We are sold this idea of meritocracy and just that we could all be these, you know. Giant millionaires. We could all be Jeff Bezos. Yeah. In capitalism. That's what they say. Yeah. Everyone can be successful. Everyone can own your own business. You can all work hard. And in fact, the more of you owning your own businesses, the better, because that means that you've just created a better market that has better products that are cheaper for your consumer. When in the meantime, I'm not sure that that's. Yeah. In practice, not so great, (laughs) but it is sold to us that way. And it's also sold to us like, the more or the less government, the better. Or you wouldn't want government regulation interfering in your operation. Right, which we've, as just non-business owners, you know, consumers in the U.S. economy, we've been told by the government, or not by the government, but, you know, by the political control that you don't, like, we don't really want taxes. Like, you don't want taxes because it takes your money. And so, like, you wouldn't want to tax big businesses because you wouldn't want someone taxing your business. You don't want someone taking your money. We somehow fell for that. <laughs> and it's also sold to us as this like laissez-faire government method. Like the less government intervention, the better. Yeah. The idea that it's like truly a free market, which a free market by definition, you as a consumer have the ability to haggle. You could go into a Kroger and say, I really just would like to buy this steak for $5. And they're like, well, it's eight. And you say, well, I'm only really willing to pay five. And you could haggle. Like, mm-hmm. that's a true free market economy. Yeah, which where, is often synonymous with capitalism. Right. But the people that have really marketed this to us really pull on this idea that the government interfering is taking your money, taking mm-hmm. your tax money and doing things with it. You don't really, you know, and- if you don't like that as a consumer, we don't like that as a business owner either. We don't like them taking our money. What so are they going to do with it? So we should be on the same page. Yeah. In our fight against the government Obviously. and capitalism. <laughs> yeah. So those are some of the ways that it's sold to us as citizens and some of the ways that we've bought in, I would say, a large majority of us. Yeah. And and really, it is it is very well marketed. Yes. So it's like the American dream. Right. We can all have it. It's good for you. We hear all the the reasons it's good for you, you know, better prices, blah, blah, blah. 
it also, speaking on the government intervention thing, has this inherent belief that whoever's in the government doesn't want you to succeed. Yes, that's very true. Like they want to take money from you. They want to take, they want to regulate everything that you own. They want, to con- they want to control your business. Right. So you don't make money even though the government likes money. <laughs> yeah. The go- I mean, that's a good point, right? The government, when a business does well, the government benefits because, yeah. well, one, that means that more people are buying products, which helps the economy. Anytime that people are spending money, that's beneficial to the economy. But also anytime people are spending money, the government gets tax revenue. Yeah. So why wouldn't the government want your business or any business to do well. They have very little incentive to not allow your business to do well. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So it is sold to us in that way. However, in practice, especially here in the US, who we've been deemed the poster child for for capitalism, (laughs) it looks very different. And I think one thing that, that people maybe aren't truly aware of, and if you like looked at Marxism and, and all this stuff, uh, it's talked about a little bit, and we're not going to really get into Marxism today, but capitalism truly is two classes. Mm-hmm. It is based on this idea that you have an owning class, mm-hmm. owning, that's a, a slightly gross word to me. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Speaking from a black perspective, just a little <laughs> bit gross. But you have the owning class, and then you have the labor class. Mm-hmm. That's what they're called. Hmm. Yeah, literally takes takes us back American history. But I don't think people in the U.S. like to be defined by their class unless they're in like the upper middle class. Right. Right. But the fact that you have an owning class that owns the wealth and the businesses and and controls it and controls. Right. And the power. And then you have these laborers. No, the way that that is, it, it sounds like less than. Yes. And then you're either you're either one or the other. And I think that if we marketed that capitalism this way to the American population, they'd be like, what did you just call me? Yeah, but it's the truth. It is the truth that all these business owners, large corporations or small business owners are this, I wouldn't even say all small business owners are this owning class that control a lot of the wealth, control a lot of the power and I guess regulate themselves. And we in any other class, if you're not a business owner or not making you know, however much money, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the 1%, I don't know, but you are the laborer. You are giving labor to help others make money. Correct. <laughs> That's what capitalism you. is in America. Right. And, and they pay you for your work. Yeah. Oftentimes, if you really thought about it, oftentimes not what you're worth. Right. And so, you know, people will talk about, well, you know, in the U.S. there's a middle class. Well, capitalism also, that at its root is what it is, but it has split this labor class into two groups. You mm-hmm. have those who have a, a particular skill set. So you have people that maybe are engineers or mm-hmm. they have a they have a skill set that requires more education mm-hmm. past what the US offers K twelve for free. And that group will oftentimes get paid more than these other laborers. Yeah. So it's not to say that there's only two classes in the US though. We could make the argument on another day that the middle class is dwindling, but mm-hmm. At its core, it really is two classes, those who own and those who work for. Yeah. And capitalism thriving is dependent on those two staying in place. As is. Yeah. And so in contrast, in practice versus how it's sold to us, this whole meritocracy thing is based on 
I guess if everyone was born the same and all the rules were the same of the game and, and everything was the same. However, we do know in the U.S. that there's so many interse- intersections between race, gender, sexual orientation, and class that meritocracy looks different for other people. So a white man working hard to get to where he is is much different than a black woman working hard to get to where she is. Exactly. And I think even in the idea of capitalism, this meritocracy of if you have this genius idea mm-hmm. and you develop a business around it, that takes capital. That mm-hmm. takes money and and all that. So the likelihood of a laborer just having a genius idea isn't uh, uh, abnormal, but yeah. having a, a great idea and then the means to implement right. such idea, the classes will stay mm-hmm. just as they are because of the way it's intended. Right. And again, because free market, this is a little bit tangential, but because free market is synonymous with capitalism in free market, it's supposed to be pro-consumer. Right. It, because we say they're the same, even though they're not. Right. So, uh, you know, especially in practice. Yeah. And if you're a consumer and you're trying to start a business, haggling and, and collaborating is beneficial to you Yeah, and can be done. But the way that things are now, it's very challenging to start a small business when these large corporations kind of monopolize. Right. Which is kind of the next point, which is capitalism is a for, <laughs> we cannot forget that it's a for-profit mechanism for the government and for society to operate within. It's not for people. It is for profit. Yeah. And so anytime, I mean, we've seen this with healthcare. We've seen this with every system within our, within our society. Anything that's for profit will not act on the best interests of people because that would, that would be called a nonprofit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They are at its root capitalizing or exploiting right. the consumer. So they see a need and then they fill it. And right. so... It's like you said, it's for profit, but it's not for profit for the consumers to profit from. It is for profit for the owning class. Yeah. And that's, that's really yucky. It's what just else? like using people to get you, you know. Yes. Well, it widens the gap. It continues right. to widen the gap, which is why we can argue that the middle class is shrinking and things like that. But it widens the gap between these laborers and this owning class that continue to exist already. And when you say that it takes a lot of capital for a small business to come up and to thrive not only that but it, at the same time these big companies will undercut them mm-hmm. completely i mean we've heard hundreds of stories especially with amazon who we all go to to shop from right it's like the online walmart yeah they will see a mom and pop shop and they will basically price things lower on their own website until that shop goes out of business and then just take it over right there and that's capitalism <laughs> exactly it, it it is because you know walmart does the same thing and that's a good example of it's the tricky part about Amazon. And I know we're not going to fully get into this is that it's hinging on this monopoly, but right. the law in the U S is that it cannot harm the consumer. Right. But people argue that Amazon's prices are beneficial to the consumer. However, it worked in such a way, you know, the, the idea is that well, more competition will lead to lower prices and that is beneficial. But when you have such a large company they go into small towns, mm-hmm. they get, you know, undercut or get rid of these small businesses, and then they turn around and raise the prices potentially. Yeah. Once they take over the small business and the small business is gone and the prices that they were at one point lower in order to get that small business gone, 
Now they will come back and they'll say, now we're going to put this back at full price because we are still a for-profit entity. Right. But they could take that financial hit for a year because they have so much money that it doesn't really, it's like pennies to them. And that's kind of the con of being in either class. You, Of course, there's a con of being in the laboring class because we're usually underpaid. And and, And no control. And no control. But there is a con to being in the owning class as a small business because yes. you are not deemed a consumer. And mm-hmm. so practices don't have to be catered to your benefit. Yeah. That you can completely be wiped out. Well, and it's, I think it's really dangerous. I think if you're a small business, it can be very challenging yeah. to operate unless you have such a niche business. Right. That it can be hard to operate to start into a place where there's already established corporations, mm-hmm. like corporations that. Yeah own so much because that's a huge risk to undertake a giant yeah i mean it is and not only that you again we bought into this idea that the government is out to hurt like small businesses yeah or tax them heavily i mean first of all amazon is we could stay on amazon for hours <laughs> if wanted to, but they're they make a ton of money and they find ways to not pay taxes for it yes but i say that because you want government intervention when a monopoly is around or when a monopoly is forming. Yeah. However, we as the consumers definitely do. Yeah. That small or that large business, of course, does not. But we do. Yeah. Without government intervention, that's how small businesses get sucked up into nothingness. Exactly. And so I think, you know, if you're a small business owner, you are in this weird space of, you know, I don't really want the government. I've been told I want the, don't want the government to regulate things. But at the same time, like... Maybe it should because mm-hmm. you have more of a chance to do better. Mm-hmm. And I will say, like, the government interference has benefited us as consumers. Mm-hmm. Like you said, with monopolies, they also took telephone companies and said, oh, well, this everyone needs this. So this let's make this a utility because you're overcharging people. Yeah. And so those things do benefit us. And it's not like these companies don't want all government regulations because these companies also have so much money that they can put money into politicians for sure that give them loopholes which is government complete government the fact that a lobbying industry exists at all is strange but that's complete government intervention that's just bribe and that can only and the same way that people say you can only be successful in, in a capitalistic america That's also the same way people can be bought in a capitalistic America because we have such a premium on money and this owning class. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because the idea is that businesses compete and they can create better prices and da 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 da. Mm -hmm. That's the way that it's talked about. But in that same way, I think the argument could be made that, you know, a group of laborers could say, hey, our services, which you are buying, so Mm -hmm. I am selling you something. Mm -hmm. I should be able to charge more. Mm-hmm. We as a group have decided to like unionize, which we could consider a business, mm-hmm. and ask you to charge more. But these companies are like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't want hey, that. Government, come over yeah, here. Break this up. <laughs> yeah. It, and all I can think is like, but you said you don't want any government interference. You claim this, but right. you also don't want to pay these people. Yeah. I'm like, it's very hypocritical and it's allowed, it's gone on for so long that now most people, not only do they not want the government involved, all examples of government involvement at a large level are pro-consumer. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, when the recession happened, we had to break up banks and say, 
everything you do now has to be in the fiduciary interest of a consumer. Mm -hmm. That does not sound like a company would say, we have to make this a rule. We have to start helping people. No, the government <laughs> has to. And that's because we allow these things to get so big that uh -huh. only a government arm can regulate it. Well, and I do think that the government adds these little like tax loopholes or breaks or, you know, the claim that, oh, I'm giving this company a tax break so that they can hire more workers. The idea behind that is to benefit consumers yeah, it, or the laboring class, I guess. So, yeah. But it that normally doesn't happen. They don't normally hire more people or pay people a better wage. No. So <laughs> they may hire more people that are not from our economy at all. Or they and might so. just hire more working. You know, they might just pay the one percent. You know, there. Yeah. So when we see the the unions and the laboring group ask for and able to unionize and create themselves as a business and market it to the owning class, you see the economy do better. Right. You see. The laboring class have more money. That's where you see a growth in middle class. Mm -hmm. But that has all changed with, you know, like the last 20, 30 years in breaking up these unions and yeah. creating laws to do that. And I just think that it's a very, it, it's contradictory to the idea of capitalism. Right. And so that's just very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. On top of that, it's a weird thing that in America we're very... A very common thing that people say is the middle class or small businesses are the backbone of America. Mm -hmm. People have been saying that since like, I don't know, the 60s or something, mm -hmm. probably before then. And yet we have no law that benefits them. Mm -hmm. We have no law that benefits the middle class, even though we're seeing it shrink. Mm -hmm. And we have no law that benefits small businesses. If anything, we're hurting them both. Mm -hmm. And so we can't really say they're the backbone of America unless we're saying they're the backbone and we're ripping out the backbone of America. <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're letting, we're allowing companies to just capitalize for lack of a better word on their labor right it, so it's not even that they're the back one they are literally it's like atlas holding up the world they're they're doing all the work right but, well other people are just watching their money grow. yeah yeah and yeah. i know people have seen you know these data points about what jeff jeff bezos makes per hour and what certain politicians make per hour during the pandemic and I think oh, those yeah. are just really telling examples of what's really happening in like a capitalistic America. It's pretty terrifying to see things like that. And it's even more terrifying that we just see it in the news and we're like, well, Can't what can anything. we do? And if we continue to widen that gap, we continue to not allow laborers to unionize or take away power from this, this laboring class, then eventually we will have no power. And people will attribute that to the government having all the power. Mm -hmm. It's not government. It's just all businesses. And because we've said, government, you can't get involved for so long, That's it. they're going to say, well, you told us not to get involved, and now you have a monopoly. I find it so frustrating that Apple makes products that specifically work for Apple and nothing else. I think it's one of the worst things ever. It is also a sign of a monopoly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also think that Apple and tech products are very much based in hype culture, too. Yes. Um, hype culture is the epitome of capitalism. Oh, my gosh. Just supreme. Right. Yeah. Knowing that people want to only own something that only a few other people have. Yeah. That that brick with Supreme on it is not worth three hundred dollars. Right. But the this made up idea they have totally taken advantage of. They've exploited it. For sure. Which is like what you just said <laughs> in the phrase capitalizing on something means to exploit something. But it's it's almost like they backdoored into capitalism and realized, oh, if we just create a bunch of demand 
uh-huh. and limit the supply right. rather than limiting the demand and, and creating supply or whatever the difference would be. Well, instead of basing <laughs> it off what your consumers need right. or want. We'll base it off what we will make. Right. We're going to control the narrative almost. Yeah. We're going to control the narrative and we're basically going to control uh, how much they will spend. Obviously, as a business, they you set your prices, not us as a consumer. And so you'll have 10,000 people in a line for 500 products. And as those products continue to go, they're saying, oh, we can raise the price $300 if we want to. Yeah. And they're still going to the buy moment. it. They're going to stay in line. Right. It's it's wild to me. And that is something that can only happen in capitalism. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other places, but it's a, it's very common to happen in a capitalist America. Yeah. And I mean, it's not to say that other countries don't have these elements mm-hmm. because they do. But a lot of countries also are similar to the U.S. in the fact that we also have socialistic elements we have yeah, we do government controlled entities or government sponsored mm-hmm. things so roads yeah <laughs> any type of public assistance or mm-hmm. social security education yeah welfare programs medicare medicaid i mean it's almost like small injections of socialism in certain systems and we all agree that those things are good, even though some people are like, people will take advantage of it. But overall and largely, they're good things to have. Right. And I not- don't really care if people take advantage of it. It doesn't really affect you. It doesn't really. And and that's a that's whole a separate whole thing because it's like, you know, a, a percentage of a percent. But our society does need certain things. And that's when the government has stepped in. Right. Is when businesses aren't going to provide roads. The right. government has to get people places. They have to give people access. And and when the government does these ele- these like social funding, yeah, you see boosts to our economy. Yeah, you see to our economy. You see that it's a positive thing for consumers. Not even to look at them as consumers, as citizens. Right. <laughs> Amazon will never say we need to create a welfare program for those in poverty. They should create one for their employees. Amazon's not even appealing to people in poverty. They. They capitalize on them. Yes. There's no business that's ever going to say, even though they have the money, there's right. no business ever going to say we need to build a road to make our products more accessible. They don't care about that. Well, and if they do, they will charge you to drive on Right. Now we're going to raise all our prices because we have to pay for this road we built for you. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so, But the socialist elements that we do have within our society, though limited, we see our positive things. And when the government gets involved, it's a positive thing, but it also usually happens at the end of the rope, like where we've done so much harm to the consumer that the government has to get involved right and that's like a you know the telephone companies that's an example of the government being like all right this is like gone too far and i would just like to plug internet service providers like i feel like you should be on that route to become a utility yeah when i think about the pandemic (laughs) right so but but it's like they all get together and they like look at each other like all right you're gonna raise your price five dollars i'm gonna raise my no internet service provider is like you know what Google Fiber is now $50. I'm going to lower mine to get more. For the consumer. For the consumer. <laughs> you're not going to get more business. Like, you would get more business, but you're choosing not to because yeah. why? You don't need to. Exactly. Your money, your income is fine. Your profit you're is at, fine. You're but fine. you're a pro- for-profit company. <laughs> right. So you don't have to lower it unless you feel like you need to make more. And there's really not, that's not really the case. Yeah, it's a strange thing that we don't allow... <laughs> If the government controlled everything, let's just say, for example, they did. I know that terrifies some people. Let's just say they controlled everything and they just dished out things for free, like socialism. I'm going to wait for someone to give me the con. 
Where is it? <laughs> that means that you have the same amount of money as me, which means we are equals, and I don't like that. Right. I want to be better than. I, if anything, I would say, and I don't believe in this meritocracy-based argument, but I would say if the government gives us everything, that's at least a much more even playing field for this meritocracy thing to, to stand mm-hmm. on. Because mm-hmm. if we both have the same free healthcare, free education, free um, you know, everything, then or free income sometimes, mm-hmm. then the chances that we both make it to the same place are much closer than in America. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not all born into the same luxuries, situations, privileges. Not even close. So if you want to use this argument that just hard work's going to get you there, then we should have socialism. So you can see. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about that later. But yeah. Yeah, so and and you do see it in other countries. You know, you see other countries that still have small businesses and businesses thriving, mm-hmm. but they also provide similar things that we provide and oftentimes more. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they can't coexist. Right. But when we were talking about this day, we really just wanted to point out what it's supposed to be at root and then what has kind of come to be in the US. And it Yeah. It does feel bred into everything. A friend of mine said to me the other day she had brought up the idea of like when you miss a day of school and it feels like the end of the world especially when you're like in high school even when you're younger and you think like i'm gonna miss everything and and then i'm not gonna do so well and then i'm not gonna right you you have all this just tumble effect of here's all these consequences and i think about how i feel that now like missing a day of work like what is that what does that tell my supervisor about like my productivity and right. and how good of a employee I am and and that is all capitalism too right for sure. like trying to hustle 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 have a side hustle for a side hustle for a side hustle to yeah it's exhausting yeah it's funny how we've as a country we're very boastful about how much money we make or how much money we have even though we probably have the starkest difference between the amount of money we have and the amount of people in poverty. But (laughs) we also have now, it's like we're proud of this gig economy. Very. Which is strange that people have, I know we just heard a, we were just watching something and someone was talking about this and I'm not going to steal his joke. (laughs) But the fact that we have any side hustles that people need Mm -hmm. is insane. That people are driving other people around because they literally can't make enough money to survive. Right. In capitalism, which they told me, if you worked hard, then... You're good. So if you're the best Uber driver, you should be Making owning the most, Uber. The mo- yeah. And that's what they should. told me. Yeah. <laughs> which is obviously incorrect. Yeah. And and I think like our, our parents' age probably had a, a different experience with it potentially too. But I, I see people our age and younger, multiple jobs. Yeah. So... And feeling like this is what I have to do to, if not make it in terms of like living, but also to pay my dues Mm -hmm. to get to where I need to be. And that's incorrect. In capitalism, though, it is correct. Right. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not becoming the owning class, then you you just haven't done enough. Right. That's what they say. And so you're forever in the laboring class. And that's the, you pointed this out to me a while ago, but that's the big fallacy is that this belief that because everyone thinks they can be in the owning class, they make decisions based on if they were in this owning right. class. You'll have a lot of people saying, we shouldn't tax businesses and we should let them make as much money as they want to because it's great for the economy. Because someday I might be a business owner. Really? <laughs> you think you're going to own it? Really? You're going to own Amazon. 
it's not saying that people can't become business owners, but you are feeding into this idea and you're not even there yet. And it harms you. It, it hurts harms you, you on the, the way process. there. <laughs> yeah. That and it hurts that all of us too. It does. And so I think that we want people to think about when you're talking about capitalism and you're thinking about your own experience and you're thinking about experiences of people you know and just as a whole, do you think that capitalism has the most beneficial outcomes for all Americans? Not just you, not just, you know, 20 years from now, you as the millionaire, but everyone. Do you think that it is truly the most beneficial system? Thanks for joining us this week on So You Want to Talk About. We hope we got you talking about it. We also know that capitalism as a whole is a huge subject. And so we linked a couple articles that kind of dive deeper into what it is, how it looks in certain places in contrary to America, and maybe other systems that might benefit all of us. See you next week.